Time now for the Voice of the Land on the Big Play Network with your hosts, Kevin Arnold and Always Positive Jay. Don't adjust whatever device you watch us on. Don't adjust the sound levels on your podcast platforms, whether it's Apple, Google, or Spotify. That's right. The Voice of the Land has moved to Wednesdays, everybody. That's right. Voice of the Land is here. We are live. We are ready to roll. Sundays just weren't cutting it for us anymore. We decided why not add something to the work week and give you guys something to enjoy in the middle of your week, and that is The Voice of Land. I am Kevin Arnold. He's always positive, Jay, on the other side. Our producer extraordinaire, Peter Tellup, we call him audio because he's like an artificial intelligence piece of machinery or whatever you want to call it. What Jarvis was to Iron Man, audio is to The Voice of the Land. We are a part of the Big Play Network and partner with LPV Productions, and we are brought to you by Vector Technical. They'll get the right person in the right job the first time. More information on them to come, but trust me, their offices are pretty close to where I live, and they have plenty of job openings to help you try to get in, so make sure you're reaching out to our friends over at Vector Technical. Guys, welcome to Wednesdays. Yeah, seriously, it's the middle of the week. It's weird. It is. It totally I'm, threw me off. Like when I got home, I'm just rushing around. I gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. And I'm like, all right. I had way more time than I thought I'd need. <laughs> I'm already off to a better. Like I'm already off to a better start. I already retweeted before we even started the show. Boom. So that you I know, retweeted too. That, look at that, man. We're, we're on it. To go. We're on it. We're pushing this thing. I know we said eight o'clock when we made this announcement tonight. Making a little bit of adjustment. I'm sure there's going to be other weeks we do the adjustment. Let's just say, Voice of the Land will be on Wednesday nights. Yeah. Voice of the Land will be on Wednesday nights. Now, in a couple of weeks, you're gonna you're probably gonna see another co-host with Jay. Always positive, Jay. He's not going anywhere. I'll I'm not be here. I'm not going anywhere either. But I have other things to attend to, and I think that's a good point to at least start. I think as a whole show, prayers, well wishes, what we try to do to start. This all started from you know our friends over at Legal Hand of the Face, another podcast that talks Cleveland sports. They'll talk food, all that kind of stuff. They do have a live show coming up at the fundraiser Melt, at Melt. A fundraiser at Melt Barn Grove, I believe, April twenty fifth. Independence. I'll Melt. be there. You'll they, be there. They had me at Melt. You had me at Melt. And well, it's National Grilled Cheese Day too. I mean, so. come on. Who, want, who? If it's National Grilled Cheese Day and you ain't at Melt, you're doing it wrong. Well, if they're not at Melt, they're watching us. So we kind of need that. They can you know? watch mm-hmm. us there. We're available uh, on the phones. Yes, exactly. yes, we are. Yeah. Hey, you know, start playing it. If people are like, hey. I'm trying to eat over here. Quiet it down. Oh, I like what that person just said. What is that? Oh, it's the voice of land. Oh, well, now we get more voices about us and word of mouth. That's how that's how this spreads. But we started this prayers and well wishes thing. We don't do it every every show or anything like that. But they do shout outs to start the show. I kind of like that. We we try to bring positivity, but we also try to bring attention to you know where life kind of comes in and, and hits you with a reality check. The former original host of this show nick paulus and his wife kelly just welcomed their son into the world they made the announcement today i wasn't going to say anything until they made the announcement that they did make the announcement of he was about 10 weeks early but sounds like everybody is doing well so you just pray that uh michael michael james i think it is is it i know it's michael michael paulus that's michael paulus michael paulus baby michael he was born earlier this week so we welcome him into the world and we wish all the best to the entire Paula's family on behalf of the voice of lamb. He's a baby bear then, I guess. Huh? He's a baby bear. He is a baby bear. That is that is true. He's got Paulus in him. This kid's gonna be a fighter. He'll be all right. Yes. 
Now, we have a team in town. Look at this. We're getting into our first topic of the night. Hey. We have a team in town that are, that are fighters but have not come out on top as of late at home going 2-4 and four on this six-game homestand. That is your Cleveland Guardians. We hope to have Andy Billman, the director of Believe Land, the 30 for 30, but also recently War on the Diamond, which I checked out and is absolutely fantastic. Oh, it's amazing. I feel like there is a, you know, a generation, generation and a half of people that have like just totally neglected or forgotten about, haven't been taught about the rivalry that is between Cleveland baseball and New York Yankees baseball. This documentary goes into all that, and I want to ask Andy, like, what has happened? Why, why is Progressive Field so influxed with Yankees fans every single time? Where is the, where is that sports hatred when they come to town or when we face the Yankees? Thought maybe it would kickstart last year when Miles Straw took issue with people throwing things, saying things at Stephen Kwan, Oscar Gonzalez, those guys out in the outfield actually climbed the fence at New Yankee Stadium and thought maybe that would kind of reignite and some of the younger generations would be like, why does, why is everybody talking about this moment meaning so much and get the conversation going? It doesn't seem like that has happened. Uh, what's, I think what's going to take that is more matchups in the playoffs and us beating the Yankees well, in the playoffs. A good again. old back and forth in the playoffs will always restart a nice rivalry. Me yeah. personally, I still hate them with the passion. Uh, like I've always hated. Yes, on the power rankings of teams I hate, they are number one without a doubt. I can't stand them. They drive me nuts when when we lose to them. Like it, even though it's a long season and it is kind of a meaningless game in a way you could say. I hate it just as bad as when we lose to the Steelers or. I don't know anybody when we lost the I want to say lost the Warriors in championship, but mm. you get my point. Yes, like it drives me nuts when we lose to them. But on the flip side, when we beat them, it's just three times as sweet as when we beat anybody else. It is, and look, I hate the pinstripes. I hate uh, you know all the, like these so-called like old school baseball rules or whatever. These guys can't have beards. They can't have. As a man with a beard, I can't. That's another thing I hate about them. Dude, I hated them so bad when I was a kid. I liked the Red Sox, and then they won some World Series, so I stopped liking them so much. Yeah. So I was like, all right, you guys want enough. You can go away for a while. Yeah, I mean, just like, you know, the feel-good stories of Terry Francona helping the Red Sox mm-hmm. lift their curse and win a World Series, and then they won a few. And the Cubs, I mean, they haven't won a few, but they at least knocked off their drought of over 100 years. We're at 75 years, I'm pretty sure. Cleveland yeah. baseball haven't won a World Series since 1948. It's about time, and this is this is a team beyond about time. This is a team with a manager that feel can make some noise. Now, a team that's seven and six right now after thirteen games, I'm not going to freak out about. I'm not even going to criticize that much at all because it's 162 game season, dude. You got 100 what 40. 49, yeah. 48, still left it's to go. It's even pointless to look at stats or standings until about, what, Probably. about 130, about 40% of the way through the season. Yeah, once you get into June, like after a couple months have, have gone by, because in those first couple months, uh, a bad two-week stretch can be easily corrected by a good two-week stretch, and then you find yourself middle of your division all the way to the top, and you're up by three games. It's going to be a little bit different this year because the Guardians are going to play more more teams. They're not going to play 19 games against their division 
division opponents. They're not going to play 19 against the Royals and the White Sox and the Twins. You're only going to play 12 or 13 this mm-hmm. year. So you don't get to beat up on what people still think isn't the greatest of divisions. Twins and White Sox are are up there. You know, Royals and Tigers, they're kind of in their, their downswing. Tigers, I think, are trying to come back up. Royals just hit their downswing. Guardians have to strike while the while the kettle is hot. You know, they have to they do have to go further than what they did last year. You can't bank on doing exactly the same thing and being able to get to the exact same point like hitting the reset button or having the checkpoint in your video game where like it automatically saves and then when you die, you come back to that point. You don't have to go back to the start of level. You get to come to the middle part of level. That doesn't happen in real life. That doesn't happen in sports. So this team has to find a way to recreate what they did last year and build upon it. I'm not going to be upset if they're one game over 500, 13 games in, and start saying that that's not going to happen. Are there issues? Yeah, they're not hitting with runners in scoring position. They're not. They're leaving way too many men on base. Class A ain't pitching all that great right now. I mean, and how many I mean, times? He's not terrible, but he's not great. Yeah, he comes in. Three, and unlike three people on Twitter who are saying he's washed up and he's done for, I'm like, dude, are you are you, are you serious? Like, no, <laughs> we're not going to overreact on this show. Yeah, that that that's not. If you're tuning in for the first time because you didn't know that the show existed, welcome, welcome. Please tune in as as often as you can. You can come in for a little bit. We go for about an hour. We have a few commercial breaks and. You can tune in for a little bit. You can, you know, kind of step away. We always have the audio and the videos reposted all over the place so you can catch what you missed. You don't have to – I'm not here to, like, bring everybody and stay for every single moment of the show. Like, that's that's not who we are. We just – we try to be realistic about things. We try to look at things the way that they are and not overreact but also not underreact. I would be I would be underreacting if I didn't at least – draw attention to this team not hitting with guys on base leaving too many guys on and pitching being inconsistent especially out of that bullpen I would be I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't state those things but am I going to make those things out to be like this team absolutely sucks and those guys need to go we need to trade them just like people want to do a Karen check when he didn't have a good game Uh, he's had issues with this new pitch clock People want to do it with Class A now after today. We've seen it so often. I don't know what it is, but closers come into a tie ball game and they 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 don't look the same. They, they don't look the same on the mound. Now, that's not an excuse, but for some reason that different mindset, okay, this game is tied. I'm not trying to nail down the win. I'm trying to keep my team in the opportunity to go win it in the next half inning if you're at home and or you're – I'm trying to get my team to extra innings because I know that we've been successful in extra innings. I think 4-0 this year. I'm not I'm not going to overly freak out. I just I hate losing to the Yankees. That's all. I hate losing to the Yankees. I don't like it. I mean people everything you said and to top it off. The Yankees lineup is stacked, dude. Like they are, I hate saying it. They have a terrific offense. They got dudes up and down the lineup that could hit bombs at any given moment, right? You get guys on base, and as a fan, you're like, "Oh crap!" You like have the feeling that that two run shot or three run shots coming. Like, so if Class A 
I don't know. It wasn't a blown save, obviously. He it's not a blown a save, whatever, but, but blown opportunity to. It's going to happen. It's baseball. Like yeah. no one's perfect. Mariano Rivera is not out there anymore. This dude is pretty damn close to him last year, but he's still not him. They're, those guys don't exist. Like he's as good as they're going to get in the, the game. And your he's team's going to bounce back. And your team still had a chance in the bottom of the ninth because they're not going to stop fighting until. The, until the game has reached 27 outs, until they've gotten to all their 27 that's outs. That's a Terry Francona team. They're never going to quit. They're never going to quit. So, Two why, outs. so don't quit on them. Yeah, don't. This early. If you if you were all about opening day and you went downtown for just the festivities around it, for the you know the adults, the adult side of it, the adult beverage side of it, to hang out with people, it was a sunny day, but it was cold. I have nothing against that, but don't be that person that, you know, if you're only going to focus on one day or a few days, like opening day when it's everybody's, the whole that, the here. whole stadium sold out, or a playoff game when everybody's there and all sold out and the people that actually have the money get to go. Those aren't the people that are in those seats throughout the year the entire time. So please, I try not to tell people how to fan. I try my absolute best i'll ask you there this. are just some Does that annoy you when people go to the opener don't go to any other games don't care and they're going just for the party atmosphere and don't care about the game don't care about the team they're just taking up a seat and taking up a spot that part doesn't annoy me because like that's what that's what opening day is opening day is like is basically like a holiday you so know playoffs like, would same, drive you nuts not even playoffs like those those are kind of like those are holiday type moments, but it's, it's when those pe like those people that just do that, they know that they can blow a certain amount of money to go and be a part of those big moments. They don't actually pay attention to what's going on, why the season is going the way it is. And then they see, they tune in or look at their ESPN app, look at their pitch tracker and see one half inning where a closer gives up the one run that gives the Yankees the lead then they want to run him out of town. They haven't seen what else he has done. How did we get to that point? What could have what could have prevented or allowed the Guardians to stay in the lead? Three nothing. Opportunities like what were what was in the ninth. You know, like if you don't know the whole story, don't criticize. That's what frustrates me the most. If you I, if you don't know the whole story, I find it very difficult that you that you would be the biggest voice that's reacting about to it. headlines is what you're saying. Yes, much. reacting to headlines. Like, taking Not reading the, the story, just reading the title of the book. Taking the clickbait. Taking the clickbait. And that's, I mean, that's what, that's probably what this world is now. That's what society is now. Social media has that. Oh, hey, it definitely isn't social media. Our title of the show is Welcome to Wednesdays. If someone really likes Wednesdays or they're, you know, they just see like, hey, welcome. And they see a video and they turn it on, you know, like clickbait like we kind of had clickbait ourselves like we're trying to get people to, to watch but we're also trying to have real conversations and as we build upon us being on wednesdays and during the week and when i know a lot more of these types of shows more people have the opportunity to tune in sunday nights are difficult it's family time it's family meals uh, you know sunday dinner with the family i'm about i'm my it's wife also and I are, a pain in the ass to book guests. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we have a guest that we're trying to get on tonight with Andy Billman and, you know, a little bit more, like, and it, nothing against anybody. Like, people are taking time for their family. We just, we ha we were given an opportunity to be a Browns postgame show. Come on, after Browns games, do that for big play. Officially, unofficially, we kind of coined ourselves, but 
nobody said anything. Like, Dave was all cool with it. So that was a really big opportunity. We were a post-game show for one of the big teams, the biggest team in this town, just and from the standpoint that this is a football town. This is a football state oh, yeah. here. That was after a good season, too. And, yes, that and was – brought into a bad season. <laughs> yeah, it was after a good season and all that kind of stuff. But, hey – Times change, you, you, your eyes get open to things, and now we have the opportunity to bring in more guests. We're going to try to build upon this, and we want to bring in other people. If we can find those modes to bring in other people. I know audio just brought in like a whole new computer system as well, so hopefully we're streaming out there. It seems like we are because I'm watching myself, but like on like a 30-second delay. I'm seeing like my hands are moving right now. I'm going to see that on my, <laughs> out of the corner of my eye in like 30 seconds. I just saw it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I've been moving my hands this whole time. Yeah. You do move your hands a lot. But I, that's a good I thing. You're taught, with, you're, you're taught to I, talk with your hands. I understand. I talk with my hands. Like I, I, need I, to I, talk I didn't with realize my hands Arnold more. was an Italian name. So <laughs> I, I don't know. There's there's a lot there's a lot running through my veins, and I'm pretty sure I'm more like my mom's side of the family. Even by doing that, they were very outspoken people. So hey, you know what? Talk with your hands. Show the emotion. Don't just let people hey. hear the emotion. Show the emotion, and I keep doing it. I'm <laughs> I can't, don't know what to do with my hands. I'm Ricky right Bobby, now. right? Well, I, yeah, I don't know what to do with my hands. At least I'm like, I'm actually moving them, but I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, sometimes I don't even realize I'm doing it. Hey, how did the heck did we get on this? This is what we do. This, this is, is this is do. what we do, man. Even on Wednesdays, we're, we're still the, the show that gets off the rails. Yes, of course. We'll talk a little bit more, Guardians on the other side, plus Cavs playoffs. We just talked about playoffs. A lot of people are going to be downtown. It's the first playoff series. I know I'm pumped for it. First playoff series without LeBron since the late 90s. We will touch on that next. We will hit a short break, and we'll be right back. Right here on The Voice Land, the Big Play Network. Whether you're looking to hire new talent or start a new career, Vector Technical has you covered. Vector Technical is a 28-year-old staffing firm that has helped thousands of job seekers advance in their career with reputable partners throughout Northeastern Ohio. Vector Technical is more than just a temp agency. With an above average higher in rate of one in four candidates, Vector works hard to connect the right person with the right opportunity the first time. Vector Technical hires for skilled manufacturing and light industrial work and is sure to have a career that you've been looking for. To learn more, visit our website at www.vectortechnicalinc.com. Welcome back to The Voice Land right here on the Big Play Network. Kevin Arnold, alongside Always Positive Jay and Audio, our producer extraordinaire, somewhere in the stratosphere as an artificial intelligence. We were talking Guardians. We will probably touch on that more if we're able to get Andy on. But just to wrap up the, the initial Guardians talk, start to the season, Jay, any do you do you have any legit concerns to start this season? No, no. I mean, I don't like the injuries to the pitchers. That, if anything, I'd say that that's probably where that's probably out of all the stuff that I mentioned that I just said that we needed to mention. Leaving guys on base, pitching staff not and, and in the bullpen not being as strong as we saw last year. We know that Terry Francona led teams, especially when he's been here in Cleveland. Their time of the year is after the All Star break. They do enough. The worst to, time of the year. Is, is now is April. I would so like, as far as I'm concerned, they're actually doing better than they normally. Used I would to love do. to see a better April, like get off to a good start. But then, like, where does that lead? 
I'm going to trust in what this organization has done and what they've shown us that they do. If there was one concern, it is the injuries. Tristan McKenzie, I know he started his work back. He's doing uh, throwing a weighted ball. He'll be, you know, getting he'll be reevaluated for throwing activities, actual like baseball throwing activities here soon. Savali, who started out well in the first two games, I know he wasn't happy with giving up that lead that he had pitching so well against the Mariners. But then an oblique injury, like this guy just unfortunately can't stay healthy. Like you just feel bad for people like that. The, the injuries just mount up and stack and stack and stack, and all you're, you're spending more of your time rehabbing than you are building upon a successful season and being able to go out there and pitch every five days when your when your number is called. That's that's the hardest part. But we'll see. Luckily, these injuries are happening early, so hopefully, you get them back. You get them back at the right time where they are fully healthy and we can move forward from there. Knock on wood that uh, those issues aren't. I mean, the kid today, he pitched pretty damn good. Well, what's the, what's this organization known for even in the minor league system? It's developing pitchers. I, I swear they got a Finding 3D pitch- printer somewhere hidden. <laughs> and they're like, we need a new right-handed pitcher. It's like, <laughs> they ship it out there. They yeah. put it in water. They watch it grow. And then they're like, we drafted this guy, and he's actually – we've just been printing him this whole time. Hey, I've seen crazier things. 3D, 3D printers can do – Dude, three some... different Cy Young winners now? Wait, no, four, five? How many Cy Young winners do we got going on these days? I don't know. Let's hey. go back. We got Beaver. Yep. Then we had uh, Kluver. Yes. CC Sabathia. Yes. Didn't, uh, Cliff Lee. Didn't, yeah, didn't Cliff Lee win one? Yeah. So there's four I know of. I, I think that's the four I can think of. Yeah, and and you've that's four different Cy Young winners from one organization. That's insane. Usually you get a guy who makes like a run and he'll get like four Cy Youngs, mm-hmm. not four different Cy Young pitchers. That's crazy. And they, you know, even if they have to just money wise, the way the market works, even if a guy has to move on, the the next guy is the next guy that number two steps up and. Somehow they find another really good pitcher to be in that that five. We supposedly have I can't think of the guy's name, and I heard Andre not talking about him, and they won't even let Francona look at him pretty much because he's mm. like, oh, he'll get all like, ooh, who's this guy? Oh, let's bring him up. He looks good, <laughs> but they want to let him develop because mm. they're smart in what they do. They don't rush these guys. But yeah, we got some really good young talent coming up. So futures, br- oh, futures always bright with this team. Futures always bright, and uh, futures bright in about. Four days, five days. What is it? It's a Saturday. It feels days? like a hundred days. I know. I mean, you got the play-in tournament going on right now, but the Cavs start against the Knicks. We know that they don't have to wait to see who their opponent is. We know who their opponent is. It's a, a, a an opponent, I believe, that went three and one against them this year in the New York Knicks. They came in here without Julius Randle and still beat up on them. Jalen Brunson was. Boy, he was otherworldly in that that last day, game at home. That day, the basket looked twice as big for that kid. Yes, and he's a really good basketball player. Oh yeah, coming from Villanova, I think him and Josh Hart played together mm-hmm. at Villanova. I mean, that was that's one of those basketball factories too in, in college basketball. So I'm to say I would I'm surprised by Jalen Brunson's success in the league. I'd be lying. Like I knew that Jalen Brunson was going to have. If I'm correct. He outdueled. Mitchell in the playoffs last year, didn't he? I think, I think he knocked him out, the Dallas Mavericks. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, don't take these guys lightly. Like, I'm not thinking no. we're just going to go in and beat them up and stuff. Like, 
I'm a nervous wreck about this game. I'm not going to lie. I think we're going to win, but, man, I think they're going to give us a fight. I think it's a good game. I think it's the best matchup so far in the first round by far. I love that Cleveland's all about it. I love that people are excited, um, you know, hearing people say that we're going to sweep them or a gentleman sweep that five game. I, I'm I'm not frustrated by that or anything. I'm realistic. I think that this could go six or seven games. I'm not saying I'm picking the Knicks, but that's how good or what Tom Thibodeau has done for that team. He has given them a bit of a defensive identity, and they have guys that can go fill it up. Even if Randall's not around, R.J. Barrett can fill it up if he needs to. Jalen Brunson, Josh Hart is one of those X factors out there on the floor. And when it's possession by possession like playoff basketball is, I think part of it is I think people here in Cleveland have forgotten what playoff basketball is. Now, we have that dude in Donovan Mitchell, but it, it's a different feel to this team. This is this is a team, not that those other teams and the one that won a championship wasn't a team, but you knew it was LeBron and everybody else. Donovan Mitchell can fill it up and can be Donovan Mitchell and everybody else. But if this team is going to have success, back then, this team could have success by LeBron going off and other people struggling, and this team could still win. Look at the was 2007 Game 6 uh, Eastern Conference, or no, Game 5, Eastern Conference Finals up in Detroit. 25 straight points, 29 of the final 30 points that the Cavs scored to take Game 5, came home, won, in, won in six games, finally conquered Detroit, who was a strong player in the Eastern Conference that at that time. LeBron had to get over that hurdle to learn how to win. There's going to be bumps and bruises. This team is going to have to learn how to win. Playing in the play-in last year, is nothing compared to playing in even game one oh, no. of this series, let alone getting into game five, game six, like when you're coming down to it and you're in elimination-type games. Every play matters. Every single play matters. You and every player matters. You cannot give up on anything. You have to give 100% 100% of the time. That's the bottom line. Every player matters, too. Yes. Whoever's in the rotation, whoever JV decides to go to, whether it's seven, eight, nine guys, whatever that rotation looks like, everyone is going to have to contribute. The games that the Cavs struggle in or if they drop a game here or there in this series, you look at the box score, it's going to be either one-sided, one guy like Donovan Mitchell or Darius Garland or Evan Mobley has a really good game, but everyone else does not. This team is successful when they move the basketball, when they get everyone involved. Donovan may still get 40, but there's times he's gotten a quiet 40. When I say that, I mean that in the best way possible because you've seen Darius Garland get inside, get get it to Donovan Mitchell, get it to Mobley, keeping Mobley engaged. When Mobley is going, you got to keep him engaged. There's been too many times this year where the fourth quarter, Mobley doesn't touch it. you got to get Jared Allen involved. A little bit of energy, even on the offensive side, for a defensive stalwart. That just that raises your level. That raises your level of intensity, focus, and confidence, so that you go do what your role is to the best of your ability. Everybody's involved, and that's really what this message is going to be. The biggest thing that I love. I don't know if you guys saw this story at all. JB reaching across the Gateway Plaza to Terry Francona for advice because this is going to be JB's first playoff series, first playoff game as a head coach. He's been in other playoff games on on the sidelines with other uh, coaching stabs, but this will be the first time he is a head coach in a playoff series. 
he got advice from as much as they have a three-team coalition between the Browns, Cavs, and Guardians here in town to help the community grow. JB was trying to go, like, I. that was a story that just my eyes went wide and just absolutely loved that. Is that gonna? Is that saying that they're? That's what's gonna lead them to win this series? No, but that is the, it, It's who JB is, and we should expect it. But it's still eye popping. It's being humble, kind of in a way. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've never been here. Let me ask the guy who's been in the playoffs and done it all. You know, mm-hmm. different sport. But yeah, you're gonna learn something about it for sure. I mean, all sports. Once you get to the playoffs, there's something to learn from someone that's been there, without a doubt. The level of energy, the level of, of noise when you go on the road, like what is that like? In- Which he's been pumping in excess noise and stuff to like get them yeah. used to like that loudness and stuff. That doesn't raise my antennas as much. Because- it helps, but it's just the little things that like that's what I'm saying. It's little things. Yeah, because you hear like, oh, uh, the Browns are playing in, in Florida, but they're going to have like torrential downpours. So they've been wetting, you know, they've been trenching the footballs and playing with that so that they secure it. Well, that's the against Browns. I, but I, <laughs> that's the Browns. I mean, I'm using the Browns as an example because right, they're here in town. Them. But, I mean, it's the same thing if if we were out in, in Denver and it's the Broncos. Like, Broncos are traveling across the country to Florida in these torrential yeah. – like, whatever weather they did this to prepare. Or – um, it's a playoff game, and they're pumping in crowd noise in the practice facility. I know that the Cavs did more, and methods that they use, I trust that more because they don't just talk about it. They are about it, and they go and execute and get the job done when it's when it's necessary. But I've heard things like that before. That doesn't raise my antennas. What raises my antennas is what you just said. A guy that's the leader of a team going into the playoffs, a superstar on this team, with a lot of other bright young stars that have a chance to rise to that consistent all-star to somewhat superstar level in the NBA, humble enough to go reach across and reach out to Terry Francona to get that advice. And whether it's for him, for the team, whatever it is, I just think that that is, that is so impactful. And you love to see that kind of relationship. It's, you're that close to each other. I would hope that you would communicate at least a little bit. And this city has done it right, where the city leaders and the teams have come together to help build the community, too. Yes. And I, you, you just got to love that, Kevin. You absolutely have to love that. Now, we don't do predictions on this show. I don't do predictions. If you're tuning in I'm getting away time, from you. Like, I don't know. You're you're wearing on me or something, because I'm like, eh, maybe I should yeah, do I don't, predictions. I don't, I don't like to. Here's what I do see happening, because he's going to be on the national stage. I think you're going to see the Evan Mobley, Mobley coming out party today. This is where the world is going to see what Evan Mobley is about. And, hey, like we say, I want him to be about it. Don't talk about it. Be about it. And I think he's going to. I think you're going to see a hell of a series from this kid. We say it all the time on the show. We use a lot of cliches on the show, like sports cliches, but there's a reason why we continue to keep them in people's lexicon, in their vocabulary, because – they tend to, more often than not, the averages went out to be, like, this cliche still matters. Cream rises to the top. When the lights get brightest, and this is only round one of the playoffs, but there's still, like, national eyes on these teams. There's going to be 16 teams left at that point. And the first weekend, every single game one is going to be for national eyes to see. Like You're my, playing New York. 
You're playing New York. That is the, there's a reason they call it the Mecca of basketball. It's not because the New York Knicks have won championships. Right. It's because New York knows basketball. You know why? Yeah. They can't have baseball fields. They can't have football fields or soccer fields. They're too big. You know what they fit in those that city? Or basketball courts. That's it. And I, I, I used to think the other way about them. Like, oh, why are they the mm-hmm. Mecca of basketball? And they're like, no, they... New, uh, true New Yorkers love basketball. They're a massive basketball fan. Their team, on the other hand, is not the mecca of basketball. No. Uh, we were talking earlier about things that frustrate frustrate us, you know, like within the sports world or being a sports fan. When I hear Madison Square Garden referred to as the mecca of basketball, that frustrates the heck out of me because the Knicks have not been, you know, the standard at all for a long time since really the 70s. I know they had good teams in the 90s, but who beat up on them? That would be Michael Jordan. So it's the Mecca, the Madison Square Garden itself is the Mecca of basketball for every opponent that goes in there because the brightest stars tend to have the biggest games there. That's why that, LeBron never went there because he had good games as the opponent. He liked shutting up the crowds. I hope Donovan Mitchell and this team have that. And young guys like Evan Mobley, we see what we saw during the season and they go show the national audience what they're, what they're about. I don't hate Knicks fan. I really don't. I actually think they're fairly respectable fans. I think oh, Spike Lee's a little crazy, but yeah. like if, a, if a player, if an opposing all- player is having a hell of a game, they'll applaud you. They'll like, like you know, they'll give yeah. you a standing ovation. Like when you do something special in that place, oh, they're yeah. smart enough to realize, all right, our team sucks right now, and this dude is just having a hell of a game. Yeah, and they're fairly, they just seem classier than those damn Yankee fans. I can't stand them. <laughs> Yeah, They're I'm, complete opposite fans, I think. Somehow, but I mean, a lot of them would say that they are. Yankees Although I've fans, never so. been to a Knicks game, so I could be. Yeah, and like you don't you don't see as much because it's you know it's got that mm-hmm. spotlights all on the court. Yeah, it, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse kind of has that, but when you go, when it was Staples Center or the Coliseum in L.A. and um, more so lately than it was in the past, but when you go in New York. Like it's Broadway, it's yeah. lights on the stage, you know. Which, you know they don't have the no reputation like the reputation of uh, Boston has. Like they're known for having some jerk fans. Yeah, I mean every fan base does. Like uh, there's definitely jerk fan fans in the Cleveland fan base too. And oh yeah, when I'm those stories saying, come like, out, it's not I'd... super loud about like how Boston. Yeah. Like a lot of people just really don't like playing there. Yeah, like it has a reputation of being a lot of jerks that go there. Where like the Yankees are known for having some real jerks that go there, like you don't hear about that about the Knicks fans. So I got to give it to them, but I still want to beat your ass. Before we hit the break, expectation is to win the series, though, right? Oh, for sure. It feels like it feels like a little bit of a letdown if the Cavs don't at least win. I've one told series you, like I'm not afraid of any team in this East. Like I think right. this team's potential could win the East. I yes. truly believe that if they play their game, play to their potential. Everyone that contributes, they could beat anyone in the East. They've shown it. They have have a winning record against Boston Celtics. I can't stand the Philadelphia 76ers and their field goal finding asses, but, like, I just truly believe we could beat anybody. Like, there is no LeBron James in our way. There's no Michael Jordan in our way. There's no Kobe Bryant and Shaq combo in our way. Are there good teams? Yes. And Giannis, he's a hell of a player, but he is not those players. I, right. I, I will not put him in that stature yet i'm sorry well saturday at six o'clock cannot come soon enough no. because i'm sure the players are sick of talking about it already at this point halfway through the through the week i'm sick of talking about it all we want is the actual basketball 
and playoff basketball is here and it's in town, if you have a chance, get out there and make sure opponents feel you just like they always have. It's not 20,562 anymore, but whatever amount of people can fit in that arena, make sure every opponent that comes in feels you and feels you in the in where they don't shut you up like LeBron tend to like to do. Use home court as the advantage and then go shut up the away fans and let's see what kind of run we can make in these playoffs. We are going to hit a break, though, if you're looking for some uh, new gear, maybe a T-shirt for the as the weather gets nicer out there. Has it been some nice weather out there? Hey. hey I got one of those T-shirts, by the way, and they are super comfortable. Yes. Now, that is a really comfortable T-shirt. Yes. The material is great. Yes. Voiceland.com forward slash. Is that a forward slash or backslash? For, do not it's a do. forward slash. Yeah. I'm not even going to get into it. Never mind. Yeah. Voiceland.com slash shop or Hey, just stay tuned to the show right now. We got that commercial for you and the information along with how you can reach out to our friends over at Vector Technical. This is the Voice of Land, the Big Play Network. Are you struggling to hire the right talent or maybe even find the right career? Vector Technical makes it easy. Since 1992, Vector has provided Ohio employers with a reliable process for hiring and have helped thousands of job seekers advance in their careers. Vector Technical is more than just a temp agency. We invest time to get to know each client and candidate personally. Vector places people in job opportunities that they are truly excited about. Interested in learning more? Visit our website at www.vectortechnicalinc.com to see a full list of our current job opportunities and to find out what Vector Technical can offer you. Get your gear at voiceoftheland.com forward slash shop. Welcome back to The Voice of the Land. Kevin Arnold alongside Always Positive Jay Peter Tulp, our producer, and we are so gracious to welcome in a now friend of the show. I, people have said that it, you know if you have a guest on twice on your show, they, can, they would be considered a friend of the show. We've talked to Andy several times, but Andy <laughs> Billman, director of Believe the Land and the recent documentary War on the Diamond, which is absolutely fantastic. Go check it out if you have not seen it yet. All about where the rivalry, this hatred between Cleveland baseball and Yankee baseball fans, especially from the Cleveland standpoint, where that hatred started. Go check that out. Andy, thank you so much for taking some time tonight, joining us. You're welcome to stay on for the rest of the show. We got a couple segments left. We were taught, we started with Guardian. I'll do whatever you guys want me to do. I'm here to paddle. Whatever you guys want to talk about, hey. um, good. I'm happy to be back on. And uh, I can't stand the Yankees, and that was an awful, awful. Yeah, yeah basically, if you guys want to understand why you're so mad today, watch the War on the Diamond. You'll understand why you're so mad today. Yes. It's built into us. Yeah, if you're even of the even younger generation, why you should be mad after you know, losing two of three to the Yankees, especially at home. And that absolute, I mean, 11-2 to last night and then losing in the ninth inning 4-3 to today to the Yankees. Go watch War on the Diamond. It'll give you all you need to know. Andy, we, we started yeah. talking about the Guardians. Before we get into kind of just your thoughts so far on this team and like what the expectation truly is for them, talking about War on the Diamond, have you seen a change or like a loss of the true understanding from like past from generation to generation of that? hatred of why that sports hate rivalry should exist and anytime Yankees come here or we go there we should be you know should be kind of that that rivalry standpoint there 
Um, yes, I think there's sometimes a misunderstanding of the Red Sox-Yankees rivalry is everything. It's a great rivalry. It, the way I would compare it to is, let's actually do it more local in Michigan and Ohio State. Michigan and Ohio State is a great rivalry. It's fantastic. It doesn't mean Michigan-Michigan State is not a rivalry. It doesn't mean North Carolina-North Carolina State is not a rivalry. Those are rivalries, too. Duke and Carolina is the mecca, sure. It, it got like another comparison would be Alabama and Auburn. Wonderful rivalry. The biggest and longest rivalry in sports and college football still play this day is Auburn and Georgia. doesn't mean that's not a rivalry. It's a wonderful rivalry. So I do think it's something that's been lost. I don't know why in baseball it's that way. Um, it, it just is. And so I get very annoyed when I see let's go Yankee chance. But I was proud today. We booed them off. It's like, good. Like, it's, it's, it's enough of their snippy let's go Yankees. And, oh, it's just so annoying and it's stuffy. And, again, like, I'll, there's two or three big things, and there's many big things. But the Chapman incident, I mean, a man died from a pitch from a Yankees pitcher. Need we say more? Okay. Steinbrenner family is an, as a Northeast Ohio Cleveland-based family. George grew up as a big Indians fan. Don't like that? Okay. There's many moments throughout the 40s and 50s where we broke color lines with Dobie, with Satchel Paige, all-white Yankees. <laughs> against the against the the first African Americans ever win a championship in America, is Satchel Paige and Dobie from '48. Need we say more? Okay, there's many other examples that throughout time, it is a long-standing rivalry. It is not trying to compare rivalries. They're not Red Sox and Yankees, Guardians not, and then Indians Yankees is not comparable. Nor should they ever be compared. It doesn't mean it's not personal. It doesn't mean we don't like them. We don't. And it's enough of this. I'm tired of these New York fans coming here, trotting out their tuxedo grays, and acting like they can own the place. I was glad to see some pushback today. That's what it should be. And I respect the Yankee fan. I'm marrying a Yankee fan. It's fine. Like, I can respect it. But I tell all the time, it's like, tired of this little snippiness. And it's like, it's all about Aaron Judge and Grant and Stanton and all the, the great ballyhoo. And, you know, we retired and 27 rings. It's enough. It feels like it's they look down rivalry. on us. It totally feels like they look down on us. And, and by the way, I get it. Carolina probably looks down to Carolina State. Get it. I understand it. There's a lot more championships won in Carolina. But you know what? Guess who won the first ever championship between the Yanks and the Indians? 1920. Indians did. They beat Babe Ruth that year to win the AL pennant. They ended up winning the World Series that year. That's a fact. The only team that competed with the mighty Yankees, the machine, between 49 53 was the Indians. 148, 154. The mighty Jita, mighty Yankees, and Jeets. They, they point all this and out in the Hall of Fame, by the way. If you go yes, there, there's a whole the section Indians about how the Indians, like, pretty much broke up their dynasty for a second there. Many times we have. And it's been enjoyable. So there's a lot of that. I think in this town, though, and it's not a bad thing. We are a football community because of the roots of Canton and because of the roots of the Browns, and that's understandable. It doesn't mean we don't have rivalries. I feel that way sometimes, too, about the Cavs. I didn't wear Michael Jordan growing up. I don't like the Bulls. I, didn't, I, don't, I don't like them. I don't have to like them. I like beating the Bulls. They're Raptors. Beat the Bulls tonight. I don't want to see them anymore. I will never, never, never take that back. I think there are things like, like the Warriors. I'm, I'm never cheering for them again. They're rotten. I mean, I think these things, I would hope, play as big as the Steelers, the Ravens, and sometimes I don't feel like they are. I don't know why. 
I can't classify that, but I have I, I have that. Again, it bothers me a lot when I see Clevelanders saying, "Oh, I, I kind of like Michael Jordan the Bulls in the '90s." Ugh. <laughs> Why? I did. <laughs> I totally anyway. did. I'm sorry. All right, I well, was very young. Here's why. Right, I was very it. young, I'm, and my cousin who I'm lived upstairs, it. he had a huge influence. I'm here as your Cleveland therapist to tell you, you are going to be healed. And we're going to rid you. <laughs> oh, I hate the Bulls I'm now. Tell you why. Terrible, man. Terrible. Well, what Terrible. if I say Poor I still I think LeBron's better than Jordan, though? Well, that's a different discussion. Uh, and I'll tell yeah. you, and here's another thing. Here's something I get bothered by, and this is a different topic, but kind of similar in a way. LeBron played for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So the last time the Cleveland Cavaliers were in the playoffs was 2018, not 1998. It was 2000, or whatever that was when they qualified last. It's, in 19, it's 2018. LeBron's on our team. I, I think we as a city and fans need to accept LeBron more. He was a team, and he won us a championship. He left. But he won his championship. You know why we're in the playoffs this year? Because Donovan Mitchell's really good. So are we not going to count those years? Years later, I go, without Donovan Mitchell years, we don't make the playoffs. I think we as Clevelanders sometimes try to make these, like, mythical grabs. Like, oh, see, we didn't need LeBron. The Lakers would never say, hey, this is our first playoff appearance without Kobe or without Magic. He, they were on the team. We have to accept these things. LeBron played for us. It's okay he played for us. And by the way, he won us a championship. It was wonderful. He was from Akron, Ohio. I do get agitated about stuff like that. I don't know. Lately, I've been hearing this, but we did it without LeBron this time. It's like, but I think it's okay we did it with LeBron. Am I wrong? Did you for the 18 Cavs? Just it's, as hard as I do. I would look at it like this. What have the Bulls did done since Jordan left? Like, it's hard to recover yeah. when you get a huge star, like a mega once-in-a-lifetime star leave your team. We've seen it happen once before. It had We had to have him come back. And even when we got Kyrie, That's- who's phenomenal, our team sucked. So when you get a guy yeah. like his stature leave and you can recover as quick as we did, I think that's what they're celebrating. Sure, but that's not what it should be about. It's like, here's what it should be about. Thank God they made the trade for Donovan Mitchell. He took us out of the playing tournament and into a playoff team. And I, I, I've heard people, oh, is that trade a good trade? How could you say no at this point? That trade has changed your organization forever. I think, I think the punch secured the, uh, the, the, the beef what happened in uh, Utah. Who was the problem in Utah? I think we figured that all out, too. We're right, but it's, it's even like, I think sometimes different sports, different things you have to accept. It's like, I heard you guys before, and I agree with you. I, I would hope Mobley would go off. I think he's had a very good second half of the year. Um, I think there's some things that's, that's going to be very challenging in the Knicks. But to me, in watching the Cavs, I watch every game. I watch every game last three or four years. This Donovan Mitchell guy is a very, very special player. And he's changed the organization. And he fits really well in this town. And I think when you start thinking about how we keep him in town, because I'm telling you, if Donovan Mitchell walks someday, I think it's a big change. And I don't think it's like a little change. I think it's a big change. And he's done a lot for this community. I just, in watching him play this year, that 71-point game was mythical. He's breaking records that are just very, very, I mean, just mythical records. I just love the guy. He's one of my, he's my, he's my probably my favorite Cleveland athlete right now. I don't think there's anybody compared to Nick Chubb, J-Ram, like that kind of level. I, I just love Mitchell. I just applaud his effort. He's so... 
he is a fighter. He is such a gamer. And I just hope people will enjoy him this year. Um, I love him. I'm just so in love with Mitchell. i blown away by his talent. Uh, he can win you a game. Yeah. In a big he, spot. He can definitely, definitely win you a game. And, you know, I think it's crucial that the NBA did away with you can only have two max players in your team. That's huge for the Cavs because we've seen that their front right. office, their ownership group will will pay for that. And, you know, you're right, Andy. And I think I've been, um, without even realizing it, I think I've been someone that has – you know, kind of mentioned the, like, this is the first playoff appearance without LeBron since 1998. Like, I've mentioned that too much. But really, it is the first playoff series for Cleveland to get behind and get out to Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, make the opponents feel you inside that arena since 2018. And if you're going to be good, you're going to need big star players. And Donovan Mitchell is that, but he's he's also doing it within – you know, we just don't want to see that stanky leg that we saw with LeBron. If there was one issue with those playoff years of Le- with LeBron, it was the stanky leg. It was him trying to go get a bucket. And, you know, Donovan Mitchell can shoot the outside shot a lot better than LeBron. So, it, you know, you trust that shot going in a lot more. But you don't want to see that offense at all. I just, I just think Mitchell is a very special player. And LeBron took us to four straight finals in a wonderful area where it was very competitive with the Warriors. And those were special years. Mitchell, I think, sometimes gets, oh, he's very good, but he's not great. I hear that a lot from national perspectives. In my opinion, I think he is on that cusp, too. But I think he's better when people think. Oh, yeah. I just, that Bulls game, just, I just was in awe of that kid. That kid was not playing, I think, 100%. And he gutted out and just made plays and made plays and made plays. And I just like his tenacity on this team. And I know they have Garland, who's transitioned to a point guard. That was not easy for him. I think he's done a nice job there. Um, Allen's Allen. He's very lovable. Love that guy. Waves to the crowd. I mean, what else are you going to say? Waves to the crowd for the game. That's awesome. And Mobley, I think, is becoming a special star. But to me, there's the big four, the four horsemen. But really, it's Mitchell. Like, I think he does separate from the other three. Like, if Mitchell goes down, <laughs> I think I, I, I think it's it. Yeah. I think it's over. And that, that's just how special he is. And and that first series, I mean, and it should be. It's going to be about Brunson and Mitchell. Whoever probably wins that battle probably wins the series. Yeah, honestly, that, that's what it's going to come down to. Yeah, it's definitely going to be some compelling stuff. And, you know, playing against New York, at least there will be some more eyes on us. Now, will those eyes be favoring New York? Probably, but that doesn't matter. They're still that's going cool. to get a taste of what Cleveland basketball and Cleveland sports fandom is all about. We're going to take a real quick break. We're going to continue and finish talking about expectations for the Cavs and Guardians, the two bright young teams, probably a little bit more of the city needs to get behind, but we'll touch on that. One final segment to go right here on The Voice of Land on the Big Play Network. Are you looking for a career in manufacturing? Vector Technical has you covered. Vector Technical is a 28-year-old staffing firm that has partnered with some of the biggest and the best companies throughout Northeastern Ohio. The recruiters at Vector Technical will coach you through the entire job process and will help you land an opportunity that you are truly excited about. Vector does not add any additional fees and offers benefits as well as free online skills training through Penn Foster. To learn more, visit www.vectortechnicalinc.com and make sure to check out our job board to see a full list of our current opportunities and apply. 
Welcome back one final time on this new night for The Voice of Land right here on Wednesday nights on the Big Play Network. Kevin Arnold, always positive. Jay Peter Tellup, our producer, and joined by sports documentary filmmaker, did the 30 for 30 for Believe Land and War on the Diamond talking about the rivalry of the Yankees, New York baseball, and Cleveland baseball and where that all started back in the early 1900s. We are, t- we are touching on, we kind of started with Guardians, quickly transitioning to the Cavs before we go back to the Guardians to finish out the show because I, I, these are the two teams I could talk about forever. I mean, yes, we were doing Browns post-game shows, and that makes it for easy content. Unfortunately, they, they have storylines to make for easy content all the time. Players getting in trouble, players, whether they're asking for trades or not, or they're making big moves, people think that they win the offseason all the time. That is what it is. They just make it easy. But the teams that I love the most here are the Cavs and the Guardians. Andy, I got to ask you, do you are it's hard to say right now and I know that, but do you feel like if the Cavs and this is not saying they're going to, but if they don't get the job done in this series, does that make this season a, a disappointment or even a failure in your eyes? Yeah. But it's not a – I think there's levels of disappointment. It's like mm. a three out of five. It's like, yeah, I really want that. And it's an even series, so you want to win. Um, to beat the Bucks, I think it's going to be a little hard chore. Mm-hmm. I think Giannis – I heard you guys before. I'm on the opposite side. I think Giannis is a star. Um, I, mean, I, I do. I just very, don't very put good. him in the Kobe, Jordan, LeBron. Like, I think there are – those are like – you could argue the three greatest players that ever hit the court. I don't think he's on that level. I think he's above Mitchell, who I well, I'm with yes, you, yes. and I think he's phenomenal, like a superstar. He's probably the the best player in the league right now, Giannis. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's really good. Like I think he's Tim Duncan. Mm-hmm. Like in fact, I think those two guys might be comparable in some ways. He is so good, but like Giannis his team good. around him doesn't like ultimately scare me all that much. I guess I would say. Oh, they they scare me. I don't know. Yeah, but they won the finals once, and I like their coach. And Middleton, if he's healthy, he's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say, all day. Uh, anyways, Bucks to me would be reaching for the stars. Yeah, they should beat the Knicks. It doesn't mean they're going to beat the Knicks. Um, I'm watching the Cavs games this year. I think it's very simple now. Cavs have to figure out. Well, there's four. Okoro's out. Okay, but what are they going to do about the wing? In that series, that's really going to. The Knicks are very big. Two is tempo. The Cavs play fast. Cavs are done. Cavs have to slow that ball down. The reason why their defensive metrics are so good is when they play slow tempo, it helps out their defense. They, when the Knicks played last, it was like a track meet, and they can't. They that's not their game. They need to slow the ball down. It needs to be like mid to low hundreds, not high hundreds, hundred tens. That's just not the Cavs. And finally, recently, I don't know what's been going on rebounding. Cavs don't box out. There's a lot of times the Cavs just watch the ball, watch the ball, watch the ball. And because Mobley's so active blocking, Mobley's not there to, to rebound right now. So he's protecting the paint. They, they need guys to box out and get rebounds. If they can stop second or third turns points, they control the tempo, I think they'll win comfortably. But lately they've had a real, real struggle with that. Um, these last three or four weeks, they've I mean, really after act, actually starting in that Hawks loss, you've kind of seen the Cavs had trouble with tempo and rebounding. I think that's what it comes down to. The other last thing is bench. Um, the Knicks bench, I think, is better than the Cavs bench. And I don't know. Outside LeVert. I think LeVert's had a very good last month and a half. Who I think uh, he's I like, a key I've, player I've been, for us right now. 
I defend him all the time. My post game show, and uh, boy, is Levert haters. I I support the guy. I like him. I'm on Team Levert. If I agree. I think his island, defense has been great all year. He's a team player. His metrics tell you who makes players around him better. Why would you not want that? I just don't understand. They got silly. People get down on him. Yes, he's good for a foul. I will say he fouls people and he gives up three shots. Yeah, I agreed. He does that once a game and you and you rumble to yourself. People get upset like someone doesn't average 20 points a game. It's like we have Garland, we have Mitchell, we have Mobley. Like there's only so many shots to go around, people. <laughs> like, yeah, and this was a guy that was scoring 40 plus points for Indiana, you know, yeah. and it was on like a hot scoring streak before we made that trade for him. So people thought that that's what we were getting. This is a guy that is sacrificed. He's coming off the bench. He feel he probably thinks he should be a starter other places, but he has sacrificed <laughs> to come off the bench, do the dirty work, finish the games, knowing he's going to finish the games, go, knowing he's going to get a tough defensive assignment and has bought into that. When you have a good team, people, even if you have a lot of good players and players that probably think that they should be higher in the pecking order than others, they push that to the side. They let those personal feelings just go to the back of their mind, and they do their job, the role that they were given, the role that they have found, the niche they have found with the team. They do that, and they do that well. That's why Tristan Thompson was such a big piece of those championship teams because, yeah, he was a high draft pick in the first round, but he found what his role was and did that to the best of his ability. And that's why Garland this year, he was always a combo guard. He isn't anymore. He's a point guard. And that is different. It's a very, very different position. Uh, the One of the comments I'll say about this Knicks Cavs series, and I heard you guys talking before, because I've lived a lot of my years in Cleveland, Ohio, but I've also lived because of ESPN in, in the Northeast. I think the Madison Square Garden thing is going to be a real factor. Um, it it has been happy because the Knicks have been terrible. The Knicks fans are very rabid. I was just defending them. Nice. <laughs> I was like, they seem like they they seem not as mean as the Yankee fans. They're not. I don't hear anything about winning. Knicks fan. But, but when you don't win, you know what I mean. It's like like here's an example. When in the early '90s, when the Blue Jays came through, Blue Jays fans used to be like, "We love coming through here. It's your nice fans." Like we are winning. When you start winning, you start you start to push back a little bit. The Knicks fan base is very, very rabid. They love Brunson. They love this team. And what's going to really push it is the mo- the local media markets who've always been like, ah, oh, the Knicks are fagazi and I, we don't trust them. They believe in this team too. So there's going to be a huge ramp up about the Knicks. And it's going to pump up that place. And it is a huge basketball market, as you guys said, and you're right. It is a huge market, and it's been dormant for 20-plus years. They are ready to be awoken. Yeah. I think that crowd is going to be a real factor. You know what, though? In the playoffs, you're going to have to play in tough places. I'll give you this. So, hey, you know what? You're- at our home, we'll be representing. That's for damn sure. We are always yeah, loud there. All season, we've been loud yeah. there. Absolutely. But it just you got to embrace it. Like I think that's going to be part of this series. You're going to – there are moments where a Knicks fan, I would be surprised. You're like, man, blank them. <laughs> I'm going to end up hating Knicks fan by the end of this series is what you're saying. That's what sports are about. <laughs> That's what sports are exactly about. But you are, this is not like peaceful. What's a good, it's a good example. Even Milwaukee, even when the cast play Milwaukee and they're good fans, they don't bother me. They don't rich hmm. Knicks fan. They're going to, they're yeah, going to be dialed up. This is, they're very Wild smart fan basketball basic. fan. They know their basketball. They that's are. for damn sure. In the past few years, 
when the Knicks have been good, you've not seen local media supporting them, actually. That is not the case with this team. They are very much behind them. And in my experience, that usually means the fans will be very ramped up. Yeah, that's yeah, what I can be prepared for. And by the way, that's fine. Yeah. That's about. That's why you got the four seed. You have home court advantage. Not to say that, you know, just bank on winning every single home game, but you have to take advantage of those moments, build some confidence in a playoff setting before you go into that game three. Use these first two games to get that, build that experience that this team doesn't have. Individuals right. do, but this team does not have. We right. know. Now we know that the that, other... that pressure can reverse. Sorry to interrupt real quick. That pressure can reverse. Yes. The Knicks, if they are down and they're getting squeezed, they will start feeling that pressure too. Because the fans in New York will turn on you. And that is no different from Yankees to Knicks. Those fans will, will get chirpy against you. The difference so between Cleveland and New Sorry, York I mean, fans, but <laughs> Yeah, we don't really turn on our teams but, like that. Uh, maybe the Browns, because they deserve it for, for so many years and they'll get booed. But I've never heard like the Cavs gotten booed bad. No, people just no. don't. People just don't go to the games. If it gets bad, people just don't go to the games. Like people still show up to the Browns games even if they're bad because like oh like you only get a fo- eight of them. Well, you only get eight of them, but oh, this is a football town. We gotta still show the support. Like, but we don't like what's happening. How are we gonna show them that we don't like what's happening? Well, maybe the same thing that people have done with the Guardians and the Cavs. They don't show up when they're not when they're not good. I, you're right. That's a that's a big point, Andy. That New York fans, media, they'll I mean, if they they'll turn on them if they go down. Now, you know, going down 2-0 when you yeah. haven't played a home game, there there'll probably be some, but not as much. But you struggle in that game three. Those Knicks players, they will they will feel it. And what type of mental toughness I, dealing with that New York media? We'll see what that what that team is made of before we get out of here. Do want to just finish off with the Guardians as well? Another rabid fan base in New York is the Yankees fans. Whether they're actual Yankees fans or they're Yankees, Cowboys, and Lakers, yeah. whatever, whatever fans. Somehow they're like fans. Where do of, they come from? They like come out of the I woodwork and they play each other. I don't know. It's like it's like Groundhog's Day, where the groundhog comes out. They you know baseball season. The Yankees fans see their shadow, or they don't see their shadow, and they decide, oh, I get to stay out now and actually put on my pinstripes. The Yankees fan is a real thing. It's a generational thing. So um, the Mets fan are very similar, but the Yankees thing is a real thing. And, you know, here's the thing about the Yankees Guardians right now. These two teams are close. The difference is what we saw today is the power hitting. Um, I think we saw on display today, Franchi hitting a home run. When you look through the Guardians lineup, I mean, J-Ram, we're hoping for some home runs soon. Narrows hit a couple, finally got one out of Rosario. Uh, those are the big two things. He knows those differences in those teams. But the Yankee fan base is, is born to win. Why? They have a budget to win. And mm-hmm. that's down to marketing dollars. And there's a huge story that doesn't get talked about enough about Bally Sports, where they're going to court tomorrow, where currently Bally's is now trying to undercut the Guardians and not even paying their full rate. And it's going to really hurt the Guardians if they don't get that Don't money. get us started on Bally's. We already yeah, went I, on a rant on them last week. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. It's a huge story. And it's so unfortunate because in other sports, there's shared revenue. There's not in baseball. So Which there should be. Oh, well, that's a difference. That's yeah, a different that's, a, that's, that's a that's a whole another rant. That's another show. That, <laughs> I just that's it drives rant. me. That's probably my where the hate for my Yankees start is. All of a sudden, like they're just allowed to spend more, and I find out that like all these baseball like uh, TV deals, and they're just getting way more money. Like so, basically, your population is greater than mine, so you get a better advantage than me. Like no, that's not fair. Yes. 
here's, here's what the Yankees do. The, Yan- the Guardians use analytics and very smart trades to raise players up. The, the Yankees go, you know what we're going to do? There you go. Yeah. Except for those singles, which is hundreds and hundreds of thousands and millions. Look, we're going to throw gasoline in the fire. The Yankees, Indians thing, and Guardians thing is a real thing because they're two different markets. It's like the EPL. Um, there's no, there's no mm-hmm. um, salary cap, so because of that, it is what it is. There's been new money brought in, but that's why I always give the Guardians a lot of respect. They do, they do great job. I think the Dolans get way too much heat. I think the organization gets way too much heat. I love this organization. They make the maximum of it. And, yes, there are some things that the Guardians are going to have to do uh, to talk inside baseball. They're going to have to get more hitting. And the starting pitching's on thimbles. If they get one more injury, wow, that's a big loss all of a sudden. So there's a lot of pressure on those teams. Check out Warren the Diamond. I think it'll get you a lot more in the history of this story. It's 100-plus years old. We're all Browns fans and Canton, Ohio, and Pro Football Hall of Fame. We all get that. The longest-running team in pro sports are, are the Indians Guardians. And there's a lot of history in this town, and there's a lot of great fans. I will say, this weekend, when I was here, and what I can see, the fan base is way up, which is always good to see. Um, I, I I believe this stuff. Um, I got to throw out my long last plug. Check me out at Official Cleveland Sports. I'm on after every game. Sometimes I curse. Sometimes it's happy. Sometimes my kids <laughs> join. You get all sorts of experiences. For every kind of fan in the world, you want there. So warrenthedime.com. Check me out on Official Cleveland Sports. I love you guys. I'll ask you the last question. Cavs and seven. What do you guys say? I say Cavs and seven. I, I've said Cavs. I like. I'm terrible at predictions and just my my from my fandom standpoint, superstitions and stuff like that. Like you know, I'm I'm not Michael Scott where I say you know I'm not superstitious. I'm a little stitious. I'm I am superstitious, but I've been saying Cavs and six. I've been giving them six, but I. My mind tells me you should probably be saying it, you know, seven games. This is probably this is going to be a dog fight the entire time. That's my prediction. That they're just going. It's going to be a great series. You guys are going to have a just constant back and forth, back and forth, and everyone's going to be on the edge of their seats the whole time. Agreed. Agreed. And again, enjoy this Mitchell guy. I think he's such a fun player. Like we said, watch. I've just been blown away by him. I love Morbley. Oh, those other guys I talked about, I really enjoyed Mitchell. I think he's just such a joy to watch. I enjoy him a lot. Well, Andy Billman, director of Believe Land, of course, the newest documentary, War on the Diamond. I'm telling you all, if you haven't checked it out, please go do it. If you don't understand where this rivalry comes from, why we are saying that New York and Red Sox is, yes, a much bigger rivalry and, and maybe means more to baseball, the Cleveland and New York rivalry still means something and is a rivalry go check that out and of course tune into those post-game shows on instagram at official cleveland sports andy will be talking sports and andy we got to have you on for like an entire show i just instead of asking you questions we just gotta just kind of go round table and just do a three-person thing at one point we can talk about how excited we are about third round mock draft picks we can talk about like how i don't text people back on time like poor always positive (laughs) No. All day long. I don't text. I don't text well. You know, I teach class. We can talk all sorts of stuff. Go Cavs, go and believe in those Guardians. Yes. The long season of baseball. Enjoy Losing the ride. Two out of three, the Yankees. Not. Yeah. Yes. Strong message from Andy Billman. Thank you so much for coming on the show here tonight, and thank you everyone who did tune in to the first edition of the Voice Land on weeknights instead of weekend. Nights. That is the Voiceland right here on the Big Play Network for 
Always Positive Jay. We're going to close this thing out the way we always do if you're just tuning in for the first time. Don't talk about it. Be about it. That is Always Positive Jay for Peter Tellup. I am Kevin Arnold. Thank you to Andy Billman for coming on to the show tonight. Don't let, as a reminder to sports fans, don't let anyone ever tell you it's just a game. We truly love you all 3,000. And as our great late friend Mike Allen always used to say, live life. All gas, no brakes. Go after those things that you want. Until next time, right here on The Voice of the Land, we will see you next Wednesday, whatever time it might be, right here on the Big Play Network.